Hey there folks, this is Rob Woods and welcome to episode 18 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. This is the show for anyone who works in charity fundraising and who wants ideas and inspiration for how to enjoy their job, raise more money and make a bigger difference. And I'm recording this on Tuesday the 17th of March. And so uh, if you're listening to this, you are almost certainly now working from home. Uh, Just the last few days, everything has ramped up in terms of the effect of uh, the spread of the coronavirus across the UK, across the world. And uh, that means, as you're well aware, that the environment in which charities are operating and in which fundraisers are asked to operate uh, has been completely transformed to what we used to do. And as this is the first chance I've had to put together some content reacting or rather responding to to this new reality and potentially food for thought and giving you some ideas for for how you might respond. Uh, Today's show I wanted to look at event fundraising because charities will have had to cancel most of their upcoming events for the next three, four months and beyond. The London Marathon has been cancelled. Uh, either things were were cancelled by someone else or you have had to cancel them because people are social isolating or they're working from home and they can't meet together in large groups. So although I appreciate uh, lots of what charities are having to do now is not even worry about fundraising, it's about deliver services at this crucial time. If there are fundraisers who are able to focus on the day job of fundraising, I think one of the major problems is um, we're about to lose all of this event income that we were planning and were expecting to receive in the spring. Some of the problems that creates, I agree, are not solvable. But nevertheless, I wanted to talk to someone who's an expert in fundraising events to get her view on what's going on and just to get any ideas she's got for how we might respond or mitigate some of the the problems that we are facing. And so in a moment, you're going to hear an interview I did just today at short notice with Jane Curtis, who is a hugely experienced event fundraiser. Just one more thing before I play you that interview. Uh, One of the topics that Jane and I talked about in the conversation, but which uh, got uh, disturbed by the poor sound quality in in my recording, uh, was a really crucial principle, I think, which was uh, when you are having to cancel events, Uh, Rather than only send uh, an email or a letter or some kind of written communication, a crucial principle we talked about is the importance of if you do have their phone number, picking up the phone to each and every one of those people and talking to them about the situation and why it's being cancelled. There's a, a fundraiser, an excellent fundraiser that I know who did that and made calls to almost all of the London Marathon participants that he was able to get through to and uh, every single one he got through to they said they were understanding and they they when he asked would you potentially be willing to still raise money for us if and when we do the the marathon in the autumn of course they all said yes now as obvious as that sounds I want you to see firstly how at this difficult time we could have thought we could just get away with sending an email because we had other things to worry about but also could you see that in terms of Professor Robert Cialdini's um, commitment and consistency principle someone's saying out loud to you that they still want to support you all that research by Cialdini and others shows that that clearly has increased the chances that in due course 
uh, people are more likely to stay supporting you even if many months down the line so a that's good for fundraising income long term and b just think of the impact that has on the fundraiser who had those conversations how that's going to help them be more optimistic and have hope that in due course as and when possible people still do care and they are going to be wanting to try to help and that knowing that because of those conversations is going to be good for your energy levels and your optimism that you bring to the other difficult tasks you've got to do at the moment so that may seem obvious but i just need to include it there in case it falls by the wayside in the stress and pressure of everything else you're having to to prioritize at the moment again some of the things that jane and i talk about might seem obvious in a way but nevertheless i think there's a lot of wisdom there and if listening to this episode just helps you think more more carefully and deeply or indeed optimistically or creatively about responding to what's going on right now i hope that proves helpful to you well hello jane curtis are you there i am hi rob hi jane uh interesting times uh we are living in but thank you ever so much for joining me on this special episode for the fundraising bright spots podcast um it's the it's tuesday i think tuesday the 17th of march when we're recording this and it's a day after another announcement from the government concerning a more stringent uh, not quite lockdown but almost lockdown encouraging people to work from home and not go out unless they need to. Jane, I really wanted to talk to you because you're a very experienced fundraiser. You've been a fundraiser for 20 years or more. Uh, And in particular, people look to you for excellent advice to do with organizing fundraising events. And just before we get into some advice for, for fundraisers out there who are looking at their fundraising portfolio and their event fundraising plans, Could you just give me a a brief snapshot of your career so far so we've got an understanding of your take on things? Yeah, sure. So I started uh, 20 years ago at Leonard Cheshire Disability Charity um, in their events team. Um, And then I moved on to Anthony Nolan and I headed up their events team there. And I've also done interim roles at Wardrobe in their events team, Independent Age, uh, Family Action, Uh, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer. So I've seen a fair few organisations of different sizes. (laughs) Yes, you have. And I I know for quite a while now you've been working for yourself. You've got a company that helps charities with their event fundraising in many different ways, um, consulting and helping with planning and evaluation uh, and and ways to future-proof. So usually on this podcast, uh, we've got a bit more luxury of a relatively normal fundraising landscape in which I ask questions, but I'm so grateful you've at short notice made time for a special episode to help people with what's going on now with the coronavirus uh, affecting people at a personal level, affecting on a global level, affecting charities, affecting the economy. Everything is different now and we may not be able to come up with answers to all of people's questions right now but for you as a a fundraising event specialist I'd love to pick your brains on some of the things that you've been advising your clients in the last uh, two or three weeks for how they can respond to what's going on to increase chances that income goes okay in the next few months and also safeguard the 
success or, or and capacity of the charity in the medium and long term. So if we could just jump in short term, what do you think are people's options to, to handle the fact that certainly for the next two, three, four months, they may need to be cancelling events? How can ideas A about how they go about that and doing it um, in an appropriate way that potentially still keeps supporters and suppliers on board and, and B, any creative thoughts for how actually they may not have to say goodbye to that income after all, if, if for some kinds of events that they, those can be handled in a virtual way. Yes. So there's been quite a lot of talk about challenge events. Obviously there's been some big cancellations, um, London Marathon, Landmarks Half, um, and various other challenge events which are, have been cancelled or postponed. Um, so one of the first ideas would be looking to move some kind of challenge event online. Um, and I know that there are a fair few sort of websites that kind of help with that. So virtual mapping and kind of online tracking. I think Strava and Map My Run are two, but there'll be others as well. Whether or not that's appropriate for your organisation, but to look at how that could work in practice um, to kind of keep that sort of community feel that those events give supporters. Um, so obviously there's Facebook groups that you could um, set up for training chat. Um, you can post your time and your, and your route on there. Uh, you can ask for advice, obviously. And I think you could almost go a step further now and sort of be offering out kind of certificates and medals and and really kind of making this as easy as possible for people to do if, if they so so wish. Um, so I think there are, you know, that could be that could be applied to cycling events as well. I think uh, sleep outs and things like that, that that you could potentially move to to do within your own home. So that would be one idea for those types of events. The moving of things to the autumn, I think, brings its own challenges, which will need to be thought through um, in terms of it being a very busy, potentially, quarter at the end of the year. So that just needs to be thought about a little bit and making sure that we're not completely saturating our supporters or our events teams. And thank you, Jane. Just on that mm. one, I guess a key thing we need to say is uh, we're having this conversation on on the 17th of March. Yes. Just to be clear, the world is changing so fast now, so do the announcements from the governments around the, the world. They change daily, they, they change hourly. So all of the uh, advice and ideas we're coming up with now um, are things for you to bear in mind right now, but obviously you've got to factor in. If you're listening to this episode uh, in April, or maybe <laughs> the world will be different, factor in what's going on and what the government advice is at that time for whether people are able to go out their door at all, for instance. Yes, exactly. Um, and I guess then we'll have to become a little bit more creative about what they might be able to do indoors. But I, I, I do think it's worth latching on to, though. It may well be that some events just must be cancelled and you can achieve no fundraising income from the event that was going to happen. But before you do that, think creatively to what extent could I do, do some, we can't congregate and our supporters can't congregate in one place, but is there in some way, even if it's you know, somewhat different, could I do a version of this event and encourage my supporters to do something and raise money for this cause, which they care about, otherwise they mm -hmm. wouldn't have signed up in the first place, mm -hmm. Could I repurpose it somehow and get them doing something. 
And now a key thing on this is it may well be that that meets a new need for those supporters for greater connection, mm-hmm. a greater desire to feel useful rather than and in control and able to make a difference to something they care about rather than a victim of circumstance. We shouldn't take lightly that that all events, you know, at their best are good for the participant as well as the charity. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe now more than ever, your supporters, if you can give them the right thing to do, actually it could be adding to their lives at a time when they most need it, when many people are getting, you know, really struggling with, with fear and, and, and understandable worry on many levels because they feel events are taking control of them. You put, put the ball back in their court and give them something useful to do, con- contribution, connection, yeah. something they believe in. Uh, actually, we're serving our supporter to think creatively and find new ways to do something. Absolutely. And I think that, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And um, is there something that we could be doing now that, that meets that kind of need? So our supporters like us will also be indoors a lot more. Um, they may have kids at home from school. Um, what can we do to add some value to that that could also have, um, you know, kind of meet a fundraising need from, from our side as well? So um, I don't know. Exercise is a really good one because I think we're going to have to kind of keep um active um so so what could that look like is that sort of doing laps around your garden or um or signing up to an online yoga class um or you know perhaps offering some kind of materials that would help with kids the kids to do at home um we talked earlier about potentially doing some kind of coloring coloring um for kids or some planting of seeds or things like that, that we could potentially offer our supporters that meets a need for them as well. So, so I, I think this is really excellent st- stuff, Jane. And um, one of the many challenges for everyone right now is all of the rules have changed at once mm-hmm. and they keep changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is not easy for the human mind. (laughs) I'm discovering from my own point of view. But um, if we go back to fundamental fundraising principles of don't have a product or do an event because it's what you always do, Mm. you know, you know, Jane, that the, the events that were always the most successful were the ones that met a need in the in your kind of target supporter who cares about mm-hmm. this issue mm-hmm. and and were perfectly suited and adapted in terms of the proposition and the timing and yes. the means of communication which suited the person that would want to do a sleep out or suited the person that would want to do a triathlon or a sponsored fast the best events always were led by insight into who your your participant or your supporter is mm. what's hard right now is the point of view and the situation and the needs of the the supporter are changing very quickly. And just mm-hmm. one thing you just said there is potentially it may be that in the next week or two, uh, if if if, ch- if schools do close, there's entirely do- different family set up, yeah, day to day set up, set of frust- points of frustration and need and every- if everything is changing from our supporter. So rather than a one-size-fits-all, go and do a sponsored cycling event from home on an exercise bike. I think the key thing, as with most successful fundraising, is we've got to work as harder than ever to understand what's going on for the participant before we work out 
what might be a version of an event or a fundraiser that would suit them. Yes, absolutely. And I think that comes on to the really big point about this is an opportunity to communicate with our supporters, to keep communicating, to be transparent. We're all going through this together. Um, and, you know, why not start picking the phone up more and asking your supporters for their thoughts? Um, because the work of your charity is going to continue and maybe maybe even more, more so at this time. Um, so start asking them for what, for what their opinions are. They'll certainly have some. This could be an amazing opportunity to get some really key insights into our supporters. Um, and it's something that could be done from home um, just to talk to them about what it is that they might need right now, where we could help them. Um, this is, yeah, absolutely rich engagement opportunity. Um, and again, to state the obvious, at a moment like this, it would be strange if we didn't uh, mention and seek their point of view in relation to how, what's going on in their life in relation to the world situation and the particular health situation. But equally, they might enjoy talking about, you know, how they feel about the refugees, you know, plight right now, or some of you know, particular type of cancer that they have always cared more about. Um, for them to to have their view heard that these other issues haven't gone away and everyone seems to be ignoring them. Again, you can help them share their voice about the many other issues in the world in addition to this particular health one. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I think there could be some really... Um, some very extremely interesting kind of results that would come out of doing something like that, that, that could then help us um, understand our supporters better and potentially at, for a time later down the line where we're through the worst of this um, could really impact our work going forward. So I think, you know, as difficult as this is, are there opportunities to be found in, in, at this time? Um, and I would have thought some kind of insight gathering would be pretty high up there for as an opportunity. Uh, I, I quite agree. And if people want to increase their confidence in that area, there are many sources of good advice. But one of the absolute experts I've interviewed is Leslie Pinder mm. uh, in a couple of earlier episodes of this podcast. So if, if you want to strengthen your your plan and your confidence to make do some more organized insight gathering then I, I recommend listening to those and I'll, I'll put a link in the episode notes so thank you Jane it's a great opportunity potentially to to not just be doing things for the short term when we were, we were planning this call briefly in, in a conversation we we had recently you were saying an idea I really liked which was the notion of though it can be hard and we do need to be responding day by day to what's going on, not least for income reasons, you were saying finding a way to get out of the short term as well and envision, you know, ourselves or our charities looking back in six months time or eight months time and having come through it and survived, hopefully with some strong income streams surviving too, do you want to just articulate that thought and why it might be helpful? 
Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've done personally in my own work, but um, it's a bit of a sort of envisioning exercise that you sort of go into a bit of a, you, you know, you shut your eyes if you feel comfortable to do so and you can take a few deep breaths and, 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 and you vision you, you envision yourself in the future um, to a time when, when all of this is over um, and, and, and you're, you're back at work with your team and you're looking back at this time and, and what worked for you and what, was, what were the really positive outcomes and, and you can think quite big and, and, and think what were the best positives that, um, uh, that, that, that came from this that could be quite different to what, how you're working now and, um, and I found that really helpful for my own, my own sort of sense of self. I'm not very good when I'm out of control. I don't like having that and at the moment there's, it does feel a little bit like we're out of control so what can you control and um and how you approach all of this situation i think is one of the things you can you can control and have some control over um so i'd really recommend headspace there's an app that you can get on your phone that you can do some very sort of simple med meditation kind of exercises um and, and i expect if you google visioning exercises there'd be some some tips on that but um I find that very helpful. Yeah, excellent. And I think one other thing you mentioned was, yes, on that theme of control, when we feel we are have no agency, no ability to impact things, we're just at the mercy of events that really can cause us to, to struggle uh, and on many levels. I liked another idea you had, to me a couple of days ago of um being cautious where you find out information and mm. if one just scrolls through what your timeline on uh, on social media the you did it because you're trying to be organized and understand appropriate information but you get sucked into many kinds of messaging some of which maybe not accurate and largely driven by fear but sound realistic and the effect that can have on our, our mental health and our ability to feel in control. And you were su suggesting yeah, at its simplest, obvious stuff like not, not taking your phone or device into the bedroom. So you just can't scroll through those at all. And, and secondly, being cautious about going onto social media too much. But mm. if you need to find out on a personal level, find out information about what's going on in the world, going to a source which is likely to be more accurate mm. of course even, even a government has to take a view on which version of the scientists narrative they're going with but going to more robust sources of information rather than ones where there is more panic and fear messaging likely to to get to us and i read somewhere else someone suggested doing um, a bit of a dance every every hour for five minutes and then getting back to your uh, getting back to your work which i thought was quite fun as well just standing up and just doing a bit of a crazy dance to some music um, yeah. well, so just I, just things like that I, I i think that's really wise it sounds so obvious but the changing of one's state is almost essential if you want to change your mindset so mm. trying to just will yourself or willpower yourself with a pep talk into not not succumbing to fear is spectacularly hard if you do it from the same sat hunched position and again there's lots of research that hunching over over a small device makes you physiologically do the body shape of more fear with hunched shoulders and looking down uh, it's harder to feel a level of control and confidence if you're doing that Whereas moving frequently 
for instance, just standing up and stretching or doing a dance or going for a walk around the garden, if you have the luxury of a garden, for instance, gives you a chance of then handling the, uh, a, a, finding a different message or a different response to difficult uh, problems you're solving. And one of the one of the good things about working from home is you're not fixed to a, to one space. You know that you can go and sit in a different area of your home. Um, you know whether that just be going and sitting next to a window and opening the window and getting a bit of fresh air or um, just changing your scenery slightly. You know, I think I think that's going to really help people, especially if we're we're not able to go outside as much. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I guess um, let's finish fairly soon. But another thing um, that I took from Sean Triner's webinar that I saw recently was if people are caring about your cause and they are going to do your your event or get sponsored to do something for you then being proactive including the messaging potentially if your charity is potentially going to face some kind of fundraising crisis because of what's going on in the economy or because of what's going on if you if you if now is the time to do some kind of crisis appeal to help your your charity survive and still serve its beneficiaries then clearly the event participants who have just done a sponsored coloring or a sponsored climb the stairs are entirely you know those are the kinds of people who might be willing to, to care and and help towards that appeal as well as the fact that they got sponsored to do this you know, some sponsored event Absolutely. Yeah, I completely, agree. completely agree. I did read somewhere that um, someone had su had suggested, you know, work, trying to work out doing trying to work out what the potential income gap may be and then going out to some very warm major donor supporters and sort of, you know, being very transparent about the fact that they're potentially looking at a, a gap of X amount and, and what what those um, donors may be able to help um, in, in sort of filling some of that gap and some of that shortfall or even maybe match funding some some smaller donations so that, so that's also another practical idea and actually one one thing I did want to say which I forgot earlier but but one charity I worked at um we decided this is a long time ago now decided not to do um a gala dinner uh, that they'd done annually um and so they decided they were going to send a postcard to all the people who they would have invited um traditionally and they did it in a really sort of fun slightly tongue-in-cheek way of sort of saying you know I'm, I'm not inviting you to this event this year um, so the money that you um would have spent on an outfit and 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 your travel and and the auction and the raffle you know perhaps you would consider giving us a donation instead and obviously it didn't make quite as much as it would have done if they'd come to the event but given that the costs were next to nothing um it was it made a very good roi and i thought that was yeah there's something in that isn't there yes i agree and it also just reminds me of of the value of being willing to take a risk or two in your in your tone mm. of course there's some incredibly important and serious things going on in the world on many levels but all over the world and in this country in the uk where we're recording we like to think that one of our strengths is is the good old british sense of humor and mm. um you know if we're inviting people to to do slightly different ways of supporting because all the rules are different i clearly don't have a tone which belittles what's going in in the world on in the world and the consequences it's having but i think there's still room for a playful fun or interesting tone that I think those people are having, you know, in communicating that you don't have to do this event, but it, you can still have fun anyway. 
Um, mm. If you get the tone right, I think, you know, now more than ever, maybe our supporters need to be cheered up by the fact that we can help them smile either in your materials or in, in the way you're interacting with them across Zoom or something. Um, it, it doesn't mean, if you get it right, that doesn't mean you're disrespecting the important things going on in the world, but it might mean you're able to, to connect and help people at some level enjoy supporting your cause in the same way that they would have a joke and a laugh if they were doing a sponsored bike ride for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's kind of trying to keep that sense of community and, and that that's potentially lost if we're not seeing one another for a while. And I, I've got a picture in my head of when this is all over, that we're all going to come out and everyone's going to be hugging one another. And there's going to be this, you know, really wonderful sense of community that similar to what we saw after the riots in whenever it was, where people yeah. came out with their brooms and they were all waving their brooms up in the air and, yeah. you know, had this mass cleanup. And I can kind of almost see some, and I, I, that's, that's keeping me quite hopeful and positive. Yeah. And, and, um, I don't want to sound too cliched, but I do believe it's true. Um, when difficult things happen, it can bring out some of the worst in humanity. And right now we're seeing a lot of the, the best of, of humanity coming out as, as people in communities are thinking of their you know, vulnerable or elderly neighbours before themselves and they're sharing their food and so on. Um, we must not lose sight of the fact that charities have al always survived because of the best bits of humanity, human beings' in instinctive desire to help others beyond themselves. Uh, and we need to remember that as a fundraiser and mm. reach out to it and value it and, and be grateful for it and give an outlet for it. it, it it's as strong as ever now. And, and hopefully that's what the belief in that might be one of the things that gets us through. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, the fact that we're all going through this together, I keep saying that, but I do feel like that that, that, that is the golden sort of theme that runs through all of this. Like we're, we're all affected. Everybody is affected. Doesn't it make you feel human? You know, the fact that we're, this is a global challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jane, um, I'm going to wrap up there. If, if the listeners want to get in touch with you and get some advice about, anything to do with fundraising or any of this stuff in particular how could they find you um so my website is uh www.thecharityeventspecialist.com uh, my email is jane at thecharityeventspecialist.com um and i'm on facebook and uh twitter <laughs> i'm all over the place linkedin yeah. um yeah we'll put all those details in the episode notes i mean jane and i would love to hear what you think and especially because we're at a time when no one has all the answers you know this is just um us giving our best ideas as best we can we'd love to hear what other ideas mm. helping you right now please do share those jane what's your twitter name um it's at jane adlington it's my maiden name jane adlington yeah a-d-l-i-n-g-t-o-n very good and i'm at woods underscore rob we hope this has been useful food for thought uh you've taken a, a couple of useful practical either mindset tips or practical event related tips to try try out yes like i say let us know how you get on jane thank you so much i know you're busy as ever right now helping your clients handle this stuff so thanks for making time for it um i look forward to catching up with you soon but for now uh, thank you and, and stay safe take care thanks rob thank you Thank you so much, Jane. Bye-bye. Bye. 
So I hope you found the discussion I had with Jane interesting food for thought at the very least uh, and in- encouraging uh, in terms of how we might respond and get through this and that there are some options to solve potentially some of the problems that we're facing. If you'd like to see a summary of these ideas, then do check out the episode notes on our Brightspot fundraising website. And if you found the episode helpful, then please do share it on so that potentially this content might reach some other fundraisers and some other charities right now. And if you're now going to be homeworking for the foreseeable future, and um, it's quite possible that actually right now you've got less time than ever because you're having to do Herculean levels of extra work to help your charity survive. But if you find yourself in a situation where uh, you have a little more time on your hands, for instance, because there are no events and you're not, you've not got a daily commute and if your plan for how you might use some of that time over the next few months might be to invest it in your professional development then one option I suggest that could work well if you're trying to learn remotely is the Brightspot Members Club. This is a learning site that you can access online Uh, and it's got all kinds of resources to help a fundraiser learn ways, ideas, inspiration to be able to raise more money. And we do that through video training sessions, through downloads, through uh, the moment we're doing regular catch-up online coaching sessions with myself or another expert to think through ways to, to solve the things that fundraisers are being faced with right now. There's a whole set of resources and uh, encouragement and coaching and events like that that are designed to help you keep learning finding ways to adapt Uh, in particular the things that are going to get us through right now is the ability to adapt and learn new things and respond so in case that is helpful then please do check out uh, the club on our site which is www.brightspotmembersclub.com forward slash join and if you're already a member of the bright spot members club then we're also going to post the full video version of the interview i did with jane with some notes into the site there as well and finally thank you so much for finding the time and the the decision to listen to this today goodness me the the world is is a difficult place right now and uh, i know that personally and professionally you're having to solve many many problems and you're faced with some some serious worries and stresses and the fact that you've found time to now listen to something that i hope might just have helped a little i do really appreciate that and so finally best of luck looking after yourself i hope you can stay safe and with whatever energy and resource you can give to it also best of luck with your fundraising as well 